Welcome everyone to Radiant 17. Happy Sabbath day. Happy Passover. Yes, this is the first day of Passover. It happened at sundown today. Passover has come in and Passover is a celebration of life. It's a celebration uh, coming out of bondage into into freedom, coming out of death into life. And I, I'm so grateful for what Jesus did because of what he did. We have life in that more abundantly. We've been take taken out of bondage, out of out of death, out of curse, into his goodness, into his blessing, into his favor through his son, Jesus, who was the, the lamb without spot, wrinkle or blemish, who was the Passover lamb, who is the Passover lamb that was given for us, Lord. And so we're so grateful for that. And I just get to share with you guys today. Um, we're on this series of talking about the last uh, seven sayings of Jesus. And this is saying number three that we're going to get into tonight. And it is so surreal to be on the first day of Passover speaking about this one. And so I'm excited to share with you just to to dig in deep and just to see how applicable these sayings can be in one another's life. And it wasn't just sayings that he said, but these sayings was something he lived. It was fully him in everything that he said. And so, and we want to be that. We want to be fully everything in everything that we say. And so as we dive in, this third saying is, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. And I think this is so powerful because now when we're looking at this third saying, Jesus is already on the cross, being have already been on the cross and he's already nailed to the cross. And out of each saying that is being said, he is gas, he is mustering up the strength to breathe. You know, his lungs are filling up with blood. He's bleeding. He's in excruciating pain. And yet, in this particular passage that we're going to explore, he was still so present. He was still so mindful of us. You know, and I and I and I, I marvel at that, just how in that space to be in so much pain and, and be so much um so much discomfort that he was still mindful of others that were around. And so we're going to dive in and we're going to look at this. And this begins at um, John 19, uh, verse 30, verse 30 or verse 23. And it says this. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they took his outer clothes and made four parts, a part for each soldier and also the tonic. But the tonic was a seamless woven one piece from top to bottom. It was something that Jesus would wear close to his skin. Now, just even thinking about the man, Jesus, thinking about who he is and what he represented. Many people touched that tonic, touched, <laughs> touched his clothing and they were healed. So the Bible says as many as touched him, they were healed. It wasn't just a woman who 
who had the issue of uh, for 18 years or 12 years, you know, that got healed. But the Bible said in other places that as many as touched him, that means that the glory of the Lord, this life-giving force that was in him was on his clothes, was radiating out of him. I love the scripture that says in John 1, 4, it says that the life in him was a light to men, meaning they, it reached out from him and it stretched out into the north, south, east and west, above, beneath and within. And so the, this presence is on his clothes. And I believe we're going to see in one of the sayings further down that I believe one of the, the centurion got touched. He received something because he was able to declare something, but I'm not going to get into that tonight because I'll be moving ahead. But can you imagine, you know, just his clothes? I'm just thinking about this is gold nugget, just his clothes. These clothes touched him and they're not mindful of what they're handling. They're just passing along amongst themselves like it's like, you know, like vultures, you know, just, you know, circling around the calamity of somebody else and just wanting to eat and take of what they want. And um, but yet they didn't know what they possess in their hands. You know, Paul did this in the book of uh, uh, Acts chapter 19, where he laid his hands, the anointing that was on his life. He laid his hands on napkins and he would send these napkins to people. And the Bible says they would people would be healed. Devils would be cast off them because the the anointing from the anointed one that was on his life was transferable. Anything that it come in contact with it could give life to. And, and, and if you touched it, you would receive something from it. And so I'm just it just marveling when I think about that. It's like, man, that is so amazing. But yeah, they were casting, you know, just with no respect, just handing his clothes out to one another. And the Bible goes on and read, it reads this and it says in verse 24, it says, and they said to one another, let us not tear it, meaning the tonic, but cast lots for it to decide who will, who will have it? This was fulfilled, the scripture, this fulfilled the scripture. They divided my outer clothing amongst them and for my clothing, they cast lots. So can you imagine, you know, they just, they're, you know, Jesus is present, very present on the cross and he's watching these people gamble, you know, Cast lots, you know, and, and gambles will be equivalent of, of uh, some of us that have grown up in neighborhoods have seen guys shooting, shooting craps, you know, rolling dice for stuff, you know, and if they got the right number, they would win it. And, you know, just taking something so special, so, so holy and just, you know, have no reverence for it. It didn't mean anything to them. It reminded me of this. And I know a lot of you have experienced this. Um, one of my spiritual papas passed away. Um, he was the very first spiritual papa that was given to me on this journey. And he passed away. And I remember being in the hospital with him. And the doctors, you know, just were just, you know, constantly bombarding his wife, you know, trying to get her to pull the plug. You know, he's been there long enough and, and, and pull the plug and, you know, just, you know, just be done with it. They had no stake in it and it irritated me. It hurt my, it broke my heart that they, that the doctors would carry this type of attitude, that they would not 
have a, a sense of uh, a sense of uh, discretion or just being sensitive to the person, you know, or peoples that are involved. But they were just about, you know, feeling getting this one out and getting another bed and getting one to feel that bed. It was about money. And I remember I told her, let me talk to them. And I happened to catch that doctor as he was coming in. And I told him and I let him know in a very nice way, but very stern. And I told him, I said, you have no stake or claim in this. No stake or claim. You can pull a plug and it means nothing to you. You tell me you care about him and you're so concerned and you don't want him to suffer. But yet you're insensitive to his wife to want her to do something that she's going to have to live with. She's believing for life. She's believing for him to live and to pull through this. And you don't respect that. And so when I was reading it, it was just I was thinking about I was taken back to that moment where she didn't have a voice and I stood up and I was that voice for her to say, respect, do not handle this with disrespect. Do not be in such a a rush to push us out. You know, gather yourself, have a sense of sympathy. Be mindful that there are others that are, that are connected to this and that they need to have peace about this. And so I just speak that to those that have been out there because I've heard some crazy horror stories of just what doctors and have told people. And if it wasn't the hand of God, um, uh, it, it just, you know, just it just that person would have. I, I know another story just real quick. Um, person's uh, diabetes had shot up to like a thousand. And that person was basically unconscious And the doctor basically told them, you know, hey, if this person don't pull through, like if she don't get it together tonight, we're just going to we're going to we're going to move her out the way and give her bed to somebody else. And I'm like, dude, how can you tell somebody that? But through the grace of God. We all prayed and we were praying and we were praying and we were praying. And those numbers dropped drastically. And that doctor came back in and told this friend of mine, said, I know you were praying because I've never seen that happen like that. So I love that, just how God was in the midst of that. And I'm just sharing that. But I just want to encourage you out there that I that the Lord sees and understands all that is happening before you and and you still have a voice in this. You still can speak and say something. You don't be silent. Don't let them push you and mow you over. You, you speak and you say what needs to be said. And you can say it in such a way that is not dishonoring, but the point is made. And so I just want to say that to you because I know what it is. And I just understand what was going on when these men were doing all this stuff. It just brought me back to that moment. And I just wanted to share that moment. Um, and as we move forward... The Bible says this, that so the soldiers did these things. This is verse 25. So the soldier did these things. But standing by the cross of Jesus, where uh, where his mother and his mother's sister and his mother, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. Now, mind you, all this stuff here that was happening, the soldiers gambling parting with Jesus's stuff is happening right in front of Mary and John the beloved 
Mary is watching. She just got finished watching her her son go through such a horrific, uh, just the most brutal beating of his life. And she's standing there at the cross, just trying to hold it all together and just stand and just be there, you know, watching him struggle to take his breath. She's the one that watched him come in and take his first breath into this world and, and life happened. She watched the plan of God that was spoken to her as a young girl come to life. And now she is standing at the cross and what looks like the end, she is she is just trying to muster and keep it all together. And at the same token, she's observing this, con this, this contempt, this, this blasphemous behavior from these, from these gentlemen, from, from, these, from these soldiers. And in that moment, I believe Mary was pondering. Because I'm going to tell you, some of us can, under, can identify with Mary. One of the things about Mary, the Bible would say she would always ponder those things in her heart. She was always pondering these things in her heart. She was always pondering everything that was done before her, that Jesus did. Even what the angel said to her when he first encountered her and told her about Jesus, she pondered those things in her heart. And to ponder is to, is to build a collection of memories. It is also to meditate, to think on what was said that Mary didn't take things lightly or vicariously. She really took it in. She really, if you said something to Mary, she pondered it. That was her, that was one of her strong suits, her character. She pondered things. She thought about it. So in this situation, all this is happening. And I believe all of a sudden Mary is reflecting because some of us have been in situations and you've seen things and you said, man, I thought this was going another way. I thought this was supposed to happen that way. I never would have thought that it was happening this way. I believe when Mary was pondering, she was pondering the encounter of the angel coming to her saying, oh, you know, highly favored woman of God. And I believe Mary in that moment was feeling like, God, I don't feel favored. I don't feel favored at all. I, I never would experience, never would have thought somebody who has the favor of God would be in a situation like that. She's thinking of these words that have been spoken to her, that have been planted in the seed of her, in the, uh, in, a, in, in the ground of her heart. And she's meditate on them. Even that, when it was said to her, the, the saying perplexed her because she was like, little old me, how can I be anything worth of anything? I'm just this young girl. And yet, she was willing to receive what God said and she just planted it there. But here it is being just in her face. And she was reminded of when the angel said, you're going to give birth to a son and his name is going to be Jesus. And his name means he's going to save his people. And here she is standing at the cross and what looks like the end. She is like, um, Lord, I don't understand. He was supposed to save his people. It, what you know was the miracles he done was all these things that he did was that it I, I just saw this going another way and yet she's pondering these things are happening you know even the thought of Jesus encountering the high priest at 12 years old she was remembering these moments where she saw what was spoken to her before he was here she saw greatness just growing expanding and growing before her eyes and she just saw all that God is saying. It's like, man, this, this, this man, he is really going to be something. He's really going to be something. 
even she sees his first miracle where he turns water into wine and she's pondering these things in her heart. And she's just like, God, I don't know how this is impossible, you know, but, you know, I know it's you and, you know, I'm just going to ponder it. I'm just going to bring it in my heart and let it be a collection of memories and just things that you've spoken. And I'm going to meditate. I'm going to think on these things, you know, think on these things. I'm going to just keep these things in the heart. And I believe some of us, a lot of us can identify with Mary because a lot of us have heard things and and words were given to us or we had dreams and visions that God has spoken to us and then yet we are in a situation where it looks like what you thought was going to happen is now coming to an end and you're saying Lord I, I don't understand I have no clue why this is not going the way I thought a lot of us have had our way of thinking or thinking how God is. But the Bible says this, and this is a principle for life. God's ways is above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We cannot claim to know that we, we know that God, what God is thinking. It would be, it would be foolish for us to say, oh, I understand what that word is. No, any word that you receive prophetically, any word that is revealed to you in a dream or vision, or even just the scriptures in the Bible jumping out at you is a beginning of a conversation for you to have with the Lord so that in all that getting, you get an understanding. You can't presume to know that, oh, I know what God is talking about because you just may find out what you think it is. It is so far from the truth. It would be better for you to be humble and say, God, even though this seems simple. I still want to ask, what do you mean by this? I want to understand it fully. I want to have this conversation with you. And even if you did, if God did make it clear to you and you understand, still have that conversation. Lord, is there more for me to get? Is there more for me to understand? Is there more for me to chew on and meditate on? I don't want to ever assume that I can put you in a box and understand you. I don't ever want to feel like I can put limitations on you. I don't ever want to have a preconceived notion or entertain an expectation that is false. It's not founded in you. And it's not, and, and I'm saying it this way because we can, we're human. We see things a certain way. We, we view things a certain way. And it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal. Jesus said this to Peter. And I've said this before many times. It's a principle of life that Jesus said. Flesh and blood did not tell you that. Flesh and blood cannot tell you anything that God is doing. Because it takes the Spirit of God to know the will of God. It takes the Spirit of God to minister to the Spirit of God. And it is only the Holy Spirit that knows the will and the purpose of God. And so that thing that was revealed, the kingdom that's got to be revealed is going to be revealed through Holy Spirit, who the Bible said, who is there to lead us and guide us in all truth. He's there to teach you all things and show you things to come. Yeah. And so even in these dark times, when you're faced with what looks like it's not going to happen or it's not going to come about, this is Mary pondering these thoughts in her heart trying to make sense of what was going on but stay trying to stay in faith trying to stay hopeful but I believe there was a shock there was just she was in shock like I, I don't have any words much like some of us and even myself have been in situations where I've had no words 
I had no words to describe what I'm feeling or or even words to just to put to even bring comfort except to maybe hug or that person or want to be held, you know, and just, you know, just cry or just let it out because you don't understand what's happening. But can I tell you, my friends, that even though when we don't understand, even though when we don't have a grasp or a grip on things, our God in heaven does. And I love this next part. And I call this Jesus in the midst of a circumstance. Verse 26 says this. So Jesus seeing his mother, that is key. You need to see this. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you, friends, take your time reading the word. I'm going to tell you the word of God by itself preaches. It preaches. It'll speak. It, it, it tells you the details. If you take your time and read it, not in your understanding, but an understanding of the Holy Spirit. So it says, it says, Jesus seeing his mother. Jesus is seeing his mom. One of the things that you and I want to know in the midst of a situation, God, do you see me? Do you see me in this? Am I seen by you? Does anybody see what I'm going through? Does anybody, can anybody uh, have any empathy? Can anybody sympathize? We, a lot of times we want to be seen. And it's so powerful when somebody who does not know you come up and give you a word and speak to you about your situation. That is the, that is the way, that is being seen by God. Somebody says, I had a dream about you and God showed me this and, it sh and God revealed your situation to them. That's being seen by God. When somebody speaks to you, whether it is by a dream or, or, or vision they had or a dream about you or even just a rhema word or even a scripture that God has put in their heart and they speak to you, that is God seeing you in that moment. And some of you need to know Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you in the midst of any moment, any circumstances, whether it has been past, present or future. The scripture says, Jesus seeing his mother and the disciple whom he loved. That's John the beloved. And said to his mother. Now, before I get to that part. Jesus seeing. So now we know that all that was happening before Mary. Mary is seeing this with her eyes and she's just. She's just, wow, I have no words. But here's Jesus who has been through Everything who has just been beat down, stepped on, you know, beat to the inch of his life. Now he's on the cross and yet he is still so present in the moment that he's mindful of his mother. He's mindful that she is watching the same thing he's watching. All the, 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 the blasphemous words, all the, the, the slanderous things that people are saying about him, the disrespect, the gambling for his clothes. He's watching this himself, but he's also watching his mother take this in. He sees her in this moment. He, and when I mean he sees her, he sees the, her heart. He sees the pain she's in. He sees the hurt she feels. He sees the questions that she has. She sees even the disappointment and just the despair, just how she feels in that moment. He is so mindful. He even recognizes the loss she is feeling with him being on the cross. I want you to know God recognizes your loss. He recognizes and I tell you, you don't lose anything in God. 
You don't lose anything in God. You don't lose anything in him. Because why? The one who is the redeemer can redeem all that you have witnessed. That is a word for some of you that have witnessed some very messed up things as a child who has witnessed some very messed up things in your teen years, or just even as an adult, you've witnessed things that you don't even talk about, that it's even hard for you to talk about, that has damaged or penetrated or caused your heart to, to, to move and breathe the way it does or your behavior. God, Jesus, the Redeemer, can redeem what you see, what you have witnessed, what you have beheld. The one who is the Redeemer can redeem that and change that and shift that and, and, and allow life to come forth. And this is, and Jesus is seeing her. He's seeing all this is happening. And the one who is the redeemer says this. Woman, look, your son. He turns, to, he turns her, her attention to John the beloved and says, your son. I, I feel the loss that you're feeling. The Bible says he is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. In Hebrews 4.15 says this. That we, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize or understand our weakness or our temptations. But he's one who has been tempted knowing exactly how it feels to be human in every respect as we are, and yet without committing any sin. I'm going to say that again. But one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how you and I feel to be human. And in every respect as we are, yet without sin. So he understands. He understands. He understands. And even some of you right now are asking the question, you know, or have asked that question, Jesus, where were you? Where were you in this? And as I was just reading this and just, you know, just meditating on this and reflecting, something stuck out to me that this Jesus was on the cross watching all this happen. He was even mindful of his mother watching this, all that's happened. And in that moment, you can be caught up in the midst of all this and say, Jesus, where were you? And he can say, I was here on the cross dying for that situation. Here's what I felt that in this moment that he had, he could say to you that I've been crucified for that because my crucifixion took place before the foundations of the world. The Bible says he was crucified before the foundations of the world and that the very act that took place some 2000 years ago was actually earth catching up with heaven. So the Bible says this, uh, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. He had already been slain in the foundations of the earth, but now that which has already been done is now manifested now at that particular time. But hear me say this, what Jesus and what God did is eternal. So he has been crucified on your behalf. So there are circumstances that you have been in and he it looks at that and says, I died for that. I died for that. I died for that. And, I, and because I am the one who has died for that, redemption is going to come out of that. What is redemption? Life is going to come out 
of death. Life is going to come out of that hurtful moment or that disappointing moment. Life is going to come forth. It is not just any life. It's the life of Christ coming forth, shooting out to be the light for men. So when you ask, where was he? He was crucified. He was standing on the cross for that situation saying to you, dear one, life is going to come out of this. Clarity is going to come out of it. You're going to, this is not going to be the thing that defines you. And that's what he was. I think he was sending a message to his mother and to his, and to his, uh, those that were watching that were in support of him because circumstances like that can define a person. I know people like that, that have changed their lives and they're no longer the person they should have been or, or used to be because of something really tragic that has happened. And Jesus said, I am the one that's in that moment, the cross standing right there in your situation. And I'm saying to that situation, I died for that. So because I died for that, redemption has to come. So I'm going to change and shift that your trajectory. That is a word for you that are believers that believe he can change and shift the effects of what that was would have been on your life. And instead, you would receive life. You would receive something new. Something new would be birth. Life would come forth. And that circumstance would not define you. But what Jesus did on the cross will define you and continue to shape and mold you and cause you to become who you're supposed to be. Oh man, the cross is so beautiful. In Psalms 115, it says this, the Lord has been mindful of us and he will bless you. God is mindful of you that are listening at the sound of my voice. He is mindful of you in any circumstances that you are presently in and he will bless you. He will redeem you. He will cause that which looks like the end because you're viewing it from a human perspective and show you that this is not the end. This is the precursor for something to break forth and the blessing of heaven to multiply and magnify and amplify so that what is done resounds, not just in your life, but the life of others that hear your testimony. And so we see here Jesus saying, I see your lost mom. Here's your son. But then he turns to him in verse 27. He says, then he said to his disciple, John, look, your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her home into his own home and took care of her. Can I tell you, friends, that God will give you God given community for the purpose to process and to heal because Mary and all those that were with her, her sister, her, her other friend, the other Mary Magdalene and others needed to process what was happening because they didn't understand. Many times Jesus said this to his, his apostles, his uh, disciples at the time, he would tell them things and they would, they would be scrambling, trying to figure out what he's talking about. And he would tell them when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to understand what I'm talking about. Why? Because what the spirit reveals Revelation comes from the spirit of God. Flesh and blood has no clue about what any given situation. And so the scripture that God has, God, uh, th that God, the Lord says, I know the plans I have for you, the plans for good and not for evil. I have a plan to give you hope, to, to fuel your hope so much that you would believe 
in the big, bright future that I have for you. And that God says, I know when you don't know. I know the plans. I know the ins and outs of what you're in right now. And I'm here to tell you, it's going to work for your good. And not is it going to work for your good that I'm going to refuel your hope because hope is the workhorse of faith. And I'm going to refuel your hope and allow you to believe and hope against what you see and esteem me faithful to my word that the future that I have for you will come to pass. And so God gives you community. God doesn't give people here. I'll tell you this like this. I'll tell you like this. Community needs to be directed by the Lord. You need to be directed where you go to do community, because I'm going to tell you, you can, you can get community anywhere. Look at Job for a good example. Job who was going through what he was going through. His three friends were his friends before he went through that. He was his friends after he was going through this. And they never gave him no good advice to help him process, to help him walk effectively through what he was going through. Matter of fact, at the end, Job had to pray for them because the Lord was kind of mad. The Lord was really mad with them for what they were just feeding Job. So what does that tell you? You can find community anywhere, but it might not be the community God has for you that will speak life. Because I believe God will direct you to a people that will speak life into your life and 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 be embracing who you are in this moment, but be also ready to be a part of propelling you, thrusting you into what God is calling you to do. And this type of this type of uh people is like with access. In Acts 42, it says this, and I'm I'm bringing this to a close. It says this, and it says in Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 43, and it says this. It says, they continue faithfully devoting themselves to the instruction of the apostles, to fellowship, to eat uh, meals together. The sense of all felt by this, everyone, the many wonders, the signs that were attest that God was in the place. It goes on and says this here. I'm going to read that again. It says, a sense of awe was felt by everyone. Many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Make sure we read the scripture right. And it goes on and says, and all those who had believed in Jesus as Savior were together having things in common. That is important. Believing the same thing, understanding the same thing, walking together in unity. And they began, and, and it goes on in verse 46, and it says, Day by day they met in the temple, continuing with one mind, breaking bread in various private homes. They ate their meals together with joy and a generous heart, praising God continuously, having favor with all people, and the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily as words to be saved. God gives you community, and that's what he did for Mary. He said, woman. There's your son. There is your community. You haven't lost. Jesus said this earlier that my family is them that does the will and the work of God. And so here is Mary losing her son, her, her, her first, her firstborn. And God is saying, don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus said, don't worry, mom. You haven't lost anything. Here's John the beloved. John the beloved shares the same heart that I have. 
He is one that is after my own heart. He is one that leans on my heart and I, I can entrust him with you and he would take care of you and look after you as though I was here because he shares my heart. That's what God says about pointing you to the right people in your life. Like even if you're believing for a husband or a wife, God's going to point you to those right people that share his heart for you as well as church community. So let's trust the Lord with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways, acknowledge him, let him direct our path. Because that's what he did. He was so present, he directed her path. And she, out of his out of, out of his instruction, she went with John and went home with him. And can I tell you, on the day of Pentecost, Mary was part of the 120, that community, praying and seeking Jesus, because she saw him being raised. She saw her son being raised. But still, on the day of Pentecost, she received the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, breathed on them. And, and in that moment, all that Jesus had said, they understood. All that they wit, they understood. Because why? He told them. He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll understand what I've told you. And so all those things that Mary pondered in her heart, the Holy Spirit gave her understanding. The spirit of understanding, which is one of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, is what Jesus prophesied that would be one of the things that they would get right away. They would understand. And, and, and when you get understanding, there's a peace with what was so that you can move into what is and what is to come. So I just want to bless you with that. I just pray that the Holy Spirit would fall upon you. I pray that you would encounter the wisdom, the, the knowledge, the power, the, the, um, the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, you know, and that the understanding of God would fall upon you in such a way, such a heavy, weighty way that you would understand what you've been through. That you would give you so much clarity that no longer your yesterday determines your today and your tomorrow. But that that is buried and understood and you're able to become new in Christ and step into that big and bright future that God has for you. I bless you and I love you. Happy Passover. And we will tune, tune in. We will connect again soon. Tune in for uh, chapter four of this. Love you guys. You guys are amazing. Send me, send me comments, Radiant uh, Prayerhouse17 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Um, blessings.